Hello, and welcome to FOF Gym Chat. We're Kinsey and Josh Presnell. Thanks so much for joining us today as we chat about and explore topics that are coming up in our gym fixed on fitness. The purpose of this podcast is to provide a simple and effective approach to health and fitness that helps you feel confident and equipped to live your best life. If you have any questions that you want us to tackle, please send us a DM on Instagram to at fitness. All right, let's get into today's episode. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of FOF Gym Chat. I'm Kinsey. Hey there, and I'm Josh. This week we're going to jump into the topic of protein. Lots of questions in the gym over the last few weeks about protein. Questions about why is it important? How much should I be eating? What are some good examples? Is there timing that I need to be thinking about when it comes to protein? So we want to keep this as simple as possible. Obviously, if you've ever talked to us, you know that we really like simple. We do not like to overcomplicate things. So we're just going to give some very basic tips on protein and our thoughts around it. And I just want to start with, you know, what is protein and why is it important? So obviously protein is one of the three macronutrients, the other two being carbohydrates and fat. And protein is made up of amino acids. And amino acids are the building blocks that your muscle fibers need to grow. So what happens when we eat protein? We break down these amino acids and these can then be used by our muscles to repair exercise induced damage. So if we think about we hit a really hard training session in the gym, obviously those muscle fibers are breaking down. That is a good thing. But now we need some help rebuilding those. And that's where protein comes in. You know, well-trained or well-exercised muscles, they grow well when enough protein is available to provide the amino acids that they need for that growth or for hypertrophy. And as we get older, you know, Josh and I are now in our 40s, uh, maintaining and increasing muscle mass is something that is very important to us because as we age, it's a little bit harder to hold on to what we have. So we're trying to do everything in our power to make sure that we are maintaining the muscle mass that we have and actually increasing some of that lean muscle mass where possible. So protein, super important for building and maintaining muscle mass. Also very important for energy, for recovery, uh, and for appetite control. So it's really hard to overeat protein and it helps keep us full a long time. It's really easy to hop into the pantry and open a bag of chips and eat the whole thing without ever really really feeling full. Like we could probably eat another bag, but it's a whole different ball game if we have a chicken breast. Like I don't know too many times that I've gone back for second or thirds or fourths when it comes to uh, grilled chicken breast. So it's kind of just my take on protein, why it's important and um, what it is overall. You have anything to add? No, that was really well said. Uh, I would say the next question would be, how much? This comes up a lot. How much protein should I be eating if I'm wanting to make gains and hold on to lean muscle mass and not have it reverse and go the other direction? So there's a lot of different advice out there. We're just going to give you our take. And our take would be to eat one gram of protein per pound of body weight. Now, just for an example there, if my weight is 200 pounds, then I'm going to aim to get 200 grams of protein per day. If that seems like a lot, the lower end of that recommendation from us would be 0.8 grams per pound of body weight. So if my weight is still 200 pounds, 
that looks like 160 grams of protein. So somewhere between 0.8 to 1 gram of protein per pound of body weight. So that sounds like a really big number. And so the next question would be, how do I get that much protein in throughout the day? And the answer is, we need to come up with that number and we need to see where we currently are and how big is that gap. Because if the gap there is pretty wide, we need to slowly increase our protein intake because if we try to increase it too fast, uh, we could develop some GI issues there. So we need to approach it a smart way, but we need to take that number and then divide it between three to four to five different meals throughout the day to where now we're aiming for 20 to 30 to 40 grams of protein per meal versus looking at the 200 and trying to figure out how am I going to accomplish this? So step one, let's come up with a number. Step two would be let's come up with an idea on how can we break our day down? What do we typically like to eat and how can we manage to get that much protein in throughout the day? Right. And so I have just a day of eating kind of as an example. And then I also wrote down just some examples of protein that we eat on a regular basis. And I will touch on just kind of my meals for today specifically and let you kind of see how that all comes together and how it doesn't have to be extremely overwhelming. So for me, I usually aim somewhere between like the 0.8 and 0.9. I'm not quite at one gram per pound of body weight. So I am roughly 155 pounds or so. I don't know. We don't own a scale, so I can't tell you exactly, but I'm pretty close to that. So at 0.8 grams of protein per pound of body weight would be 124 grams of protein a day. So again, looking at that as one big number, that kind of looks like, ah, that seems like a lot and there's no way that I can get there. But if we break that down, like Josh said, into three meals plus snacks, really not that big of a deal. So for breakfast this morning and pretty much every other morning, I work out at 5 a.m. So my timeline is very quick in the morning. I have to have something I can take in the car because we get out for school very quickly from my uh, workout time. So I typically will have a protein shake with almond milk and a scoop of creatine, a scoop of collagen, and a banana. So not counting the banana in there, but just looking at the protein in my shake, I'm roughly 37 grams of protein. So my protein scoop is 28 grams, my collagen is 9, mix it with the almond milk, and now I'm at 37 grams of protein for breakfast. Taking it to my first snack. So I typically have a snack somewhere in like the 9.30 to 10.30 time frame. At that point, I'm pretty hungry working at the gym. We've been running around all morning. And lately, my snack has been homemade overnight oats. And when I make those, I will put a scoop of protein into the jar. I just make one big mason jar. It's three servings. So that protein kind of divided out plus the oats. And then I top it with blueberries. Comes to around 13 grams of protein for my morning snack. So moving on to lunch, what I ate for lunch today, I had three-ish eggs, maybe maybe a little bit more. I didn't measure them out. Josh and I cooked in the same skillet today, so somewhere around three eggs, definitely not less. Uh, that was 18 grams of protein. I had an Adele's chicken and apple sausage with that, which is 13 grams of protein. The eggs and sausage, they were sauteed with spinach. I ate an orange, and then I ate about three-quarters cup of a Greek yogurt, which was 15 grams of protein. So my lunch came to 46 grams of protein there. So again, 
right now it, it hasn't been anything. I don't feel like I'm overeating. It's not like I'm just trying to shove meat down my throat. And I'm already at 96 grams of protein by lunch. So for me, like I'm doing really well. And I like to get a lot of my protein in early on. All right, just in case, you know, dinner gets crazy or I don't have a great snack in the afternoon. Uh, but moving forward to the afternoon snack, I will most likely have, uh, we have some leftover taco meat that we made for the kids. So like a quarter cup of taco meat with some black beans and rice will take me to about 14 grams of protein for that snack. And then dinner tonight I have planned. We order meals sometimes from a girl in Gulf Breeze. So my Chipotle's chicken salad that I have from her tonight will be 32 grams of protein for dinner. So overall, that takes me to 142 grams of protein for the day, well above that 0.8, so probably uh, somewhere in the 0.9 range. And almost all with real food. And nothing was crazy hard. All that I simply did was prioritize protein at every meal and make sure that the protein source was what I looked at first. And then I just filled in my plate with the rest. And I think Josh can talk a little bit too about just kind of making protein the center and then filling in around. Yeah, that was a pretty good segue into source. So what types? What are we looking for? Well, all of our protein doesn't have to come from real whole food. And we're going to jump into some supplements and some advice there in a little bit. How about what types of protein am I looking for to spread that number out throughout the day? I would say, like Kinsey said on that list, eggs, yogurts, those are all great. But we're going to have to eat some meat here. And so we're always looking to get to the highest end of the spectrum as far as quality is concerned when we start choosing our meats. Lean meats, we're not looking for heavily processed meats, which would be lots of sausages and bacons and things like that. We're looking at quality cuts of meat, grass-fed beef, lean cuts, chicken breast, pork tenderloins. You, the, the higher quality you can get, the better off you're going to be. Um, some more examples of that maybe. Sure. So, and I just wrote some down. If you were kind of curious on like how much, uh, does a serving of protein look like? So half a pound of ground beef, just standard ground beef, 80, 20 is going to run about 45 grams of protein. A six ounce chicken breast, boneless, skinless is going to be 39 grams of protein. Six ounces of salmon, 34 grams of protein. The chicken and apple sausage from Adele's that I mentioned, one link is 13 grams. An egg, just depending on how big the egg is, you know, sometimes they're really small, sometimes they're a little bigger. You're looking at somewhere between six and seven grams. Uh, ground venison, so half a pound or eight ounces of ground venison is 49 grams. Greek yogurt, three quarters cup, depending on what kind of brand that you buy, right? So obviously we always recommend plain uh, versus all the flavored stuff with all the sugars. Um, but there are some brands that are more protein heavy than others. So somewhere between 14 and 20 grams of protein is what you're looking at with the Greek yogurt. Uh, sardines, sardines ta- pack like a really big punch. So four ounces of sardines, which I'm not personally a fan of, but maybe you are. 22 grams of protein, and then you have something like cottage cheese, which is easy to forget about. So half a cup of cottage cheese would be 14 grams of protein. So it's just some examples of of kind of things that we eat on a regular basis, minus minus the sardines. I don't know, maybe Josh will eat those. No, that those are all really good. And so when Kinsey said we like to keep things simple, we also like to keep things very balanced. So when you listen to that whole list of what Kinsey was eating throughout the day, 
The first thing that she did to create that list was prioritize protein. How do I split this protein between all of my meals and snacks throughout the day? In our eyes, if we can prioritize protein first, the other two macronutrients are going to work themselves out as long as we're choosing high quality foods to fill in those other two macronutrients. So what that looks like is we have our plate. The first thing we got in order was our protein. Now we have carbs and fat. So we choose from healthy sources of starch and we don't need a list of 50 choices here. We can keep this really simple with like four starches we really like to eat that we could eat on a daily basis and just rotate throughout the week. Some of those might include sweet potatoes or regular potatoes, any kind of potato that's an actual ingredient, you know, that we can eat or cook with. It's not heavily processed or processed at all. Rice, that's another winner for us. Oats, you heard Kenzie has been making the overnight oats. Those are already four options that we can rotate through to pair with our protein that you can make taste different ways that are all winners as far as healthy starches. And then we have fat. As long as we're not overly concerned and being scared of fat, We're going to get enough fat in our diet from the quality meat products or eggs or yogurts or dairy that we choose to eat, as well as what we decide to cook with. So that would be grass-fed butters, olive oils, maybe we put an avocado with some of our meals or cook with the avocado oil. So the fats are going to take care of themselves by not being scared of fat but eating high-quality fats, again, at the higher end of the spectrum. Number one, prioritize protein. Number two, let's just focus on keeping those meals balanced by adding a healthy starch and not overcomplicating it and cooking with some healthy fats. And I would say adding a veggie or a fruit there too. Uh, Which one you choose to add doesn't really matter to us. We kind of flip-flop between the two. But yeah, the plate definitely looks like protein at the center and then we fill in with some sort of starch and then a veggie or a fruit which you probably saw in most of my meals minus my afternoon snack I won't really have any veggies or fruit with that but um, I've had a lot of fruit already today and then some veggies when it came to my um, lunch and then I'll have a bunch of veggies with my dinner tonight so Really just looking at, again, keeping things as simple as possible. And with simplicity, I want to touch on tracking, Um, tracking food, tracking macros, tracking protein. And I will say that I do believe that it is very beneficial to at some point track your food and track it, like go all in when you track it, not just write down what you think you ate in like a food log, but actually weigh and measure what you're eating for breakfast, for lunch, for snacks, for dinner, so that you do have a good idea of what you're actually consuming. Because a lot of times, even if we write down, I know that, you know, obviously pretty much any study can tell you if you just write down your food, you're probably going to eat better. But if you actually take the time to weigh, measure, and track, you're going to get a really good idea of what serving sizes actually look like for things. So I do think that is a very good idea to do at some point. Personally, that is not the way that I like to eat or live. I find it very stressful. I've done it at points, um, but that's just not how I choose to to do my day. So if you're kind of like me and you're like, oh, tracking food sounds like terrible. I don't want to do it. Well, maybe just track protein 
it is very easy to track and just do it for a couple of days to get an idea of, okay, what does an eight ounce burger look like? What does six ounces of chicken look like? If you have a food scale, great. It takes two seconds to throw your protein in to get a good idea of, you know, how much it actually weighs. If you don't, they're like 20 bucks at Target. But that may be a good idea if you have no idea and it's just a shot in the dark to simply just track your protein for, you know, three days, five days, get a good idea of the different varieties that you're eating. Like, um, find out how much three quarters of a cup of Greek yogurt looks like, or actually weighs, because chances are your eyeball measurement's probably a little bit off on the serving size. So uh, when it comes to simple, I do think it's a good idea to track. I don't think it's for everybody. And I don't believe personally, when we don't recommend tracking for long term, unless you have extremely specific goals, um, just if you're fit, if it fits your macros doesn't really work for our lifestyle. So, um, but I do think again, it is a good idea to track your protein for a little while. And if you're just absolutely opposed to it, a palm sized protein, uh, palm size serving of protein. So if you just open your hand and look at your palm, looking at my palm, uh, roughly 20 to 30 grams would be a palm size protein on my hand. Looking at Josh's hand, probably more like 30 to 40 grams of protein per palm. So maybe you get a palm and a half serving of protein at your meals, or at least a half a palm of protein at your snack. So it's kind of just wanted to touch on on tracking so that you do know what you're eating, but also not make you guys feel like, oh my God, I have to track and measure and do all my food all the time. You have anything to add on that? Yeah, I would say tracking become at a much later step for us. Step one, let's focus on the quality that we're eating. Step two, let's let's get an idea of what we are eating. That's the only thing we're really concerned with right now, talking about the protein, is what is my protein intake currently? And now that I've upped it, where am I at? How do I get to these numbers? After that, you have an idea. And that idea, most likely, if it's coming from high-quality sources, is going to start to get you the results that you want. At that point, if and when you stop seeing the results you think you should be getting, then we take it a step further and start tracking a little bit closer. We can always dial in closer, but let's do what works first and keep it simple and keep it basic because most of the time, that's going to get you to where you want to be. The other thing that's kind of popping up is when. So you've heard us probably already say two or three times, spread throughout the day. We want to have our protein intake spread throughout the day. You can only absorb and utilize so much protein at once. So the idea of trying to consume 100 grams all at once at one meal is not going to be as beneficial as spreading it throughout the day and letting the body utilize that protein and those amino acids all throughout the day. As far as timing, maybe you take in a little bit more protein if doable after or around your workouts, the body's primed to uptake that protein and put it to work with all those amino acids and the building blocks and the lean muscle mass that we've been talking about. Also, another thing to talk about is how Kinsey says she kind of likes to front load her day with protein. I do the same thing as well. Uh, I'm fairly even all throughout meals, but I'm not scared to take in a little more protein first thing in the morning to know I got it in 
just in case something comes up later in the day or I have to skip a snack or we got busy or dinner just didn't go uh, planned accordingly or if we know whatever comes up. That way I can front load what I know I can control and what I can't control. I'm not always at the mercy of it. But I do like the idea of if I work out early in the morning, maybe my breakfast contains a little more protein. And you could apply that all throughout the day. If you're a mid-morning, maybe you do a bigger lunch. If you work out in the afternoons, make sure you're eating a dinner that's full of protein. Don't skip on it right after a workout. Well, and why don't you give them an example of your breakfast? Because it's very high in protein and about as simple as you could possibly get. I, I won't eat that for breakfast or Josh's breakfast for breakfast, but he eats it like every day, like Monday through Friday. <laughs> okay, so when she says I eat it every day, I literally do eat it every day. So before I tell you what I eat every single day, it's important to realize that just because it's morning time does not mean you have to eat what's considered a breakfast food. You are allowed to eat any type of food whenever you want to throughout the day. So you can eat something that you would consider dinner at breakfast. And that's what I do. I prep uh, my breakfast because I'm always at the gym. I open the doors at 445 and I typically don't leave to come home until around 1230 or 1. So I have a microwave. I can't go home and cook. So I cook ahead of time. I prepare, I prioritize, and I cook every day uh, ahead of time. I'll cook two six-ounce burgers, either of lean beef or venison. So I get close to 12 ounces of a burger grilled paired with a sweet potato. And that's roughly 60-some-odd grams of protein from a real protein source full of vitamins, minerals, and nutrients. So that's about as simple as you can get. Some grilled burgers uh, patted out with high-quality grass-fed beef or venison paired with a sweet potato. And then for a pre-workout, I'll end up having my fruit in there, just kind of spread it throughout the day. And so, like, I have a mental block on that. I can't eat uh, dinner for breakfast. I can eat breakfast for dinner. Um, but I personally just, I don't know. I don't think I could sit down to a hamburger patty for, for breakfast. So you you have to do what works for you. And this is kind of going to segue into a protein supplement uh, because that is what I personally do for breakfast uh, pretty much every day, at least Monday through Friday while I'm at the gym because like Josh, I'm getting there just before five. I leave about 6.30. My kids, we have to leave for school by 7.15. So my turnaround is very quick. Um, and in that, you know, I have to get the kids ready and all that stuff. So I choose to supplement my protein for breakfast. And I don't think, and we don't think that supplementing protein is a bad thing in any way, shape or form. Obviously, our recommendation would be to get as much protein from food as possible because a lot of times you're just getting some other um, nutrients, micronutrients from the food that you eat uh, versus the, the protein supplement. But protein is a great supplement. Most of the proteins out there on the market are going to give you 23 to 28 grams of protein per scoop. Uh, there's collagen out there, which we utilize as well. That's nine grams per, uh, per scoop. 
But I just want to take a couple of minutes and talk about what to look for if you are choosing to supplement with protein, because the worst thing that we want to do is make all of this effort to eat really good food and, you know, prep your breakfast for the week and do all of these things and then um, work out really hard in the gym and watch, making sure we're not putting, you know, oils and and other things in our body that are pro-inflammatory and then spend money and drink a product that maybe isn't so great for us. So I'm going to let Josh just kind of talk about what we look for personally when um, using a protein supplement and maybe some things to, to watch out for. Yeah, I think how we'll do this is I'll go over a handful of what we look for and I'm going to let it, Kinsey go over a handful of things that we look to avoid or some red flags that come up. And I agree 100%. Uh, we do supplement with protein. We try to eat as much real food as possible. And when we can't get to our numbers or if we had a heavier training session or we're trying to make more gains, we're going to supplement with protein. It's important to know that not all supplements are created equal. It's also important to know that our point of view is that quality supplements actually work. It's when you get into supplements that aren't as high of quality that either A, don't work, or you get into trouble. Another way of saying what Kinsey said was, you think you're taking something for health and it's going to help you in the long run. And if that product is full of ingredients that don't promote health from the inside out, then you're actually just consuming on the daily what you think is healthy is actually doing more damage to the body than good. So some things to look for would be how long is the list of ingredients inside the protein that you decide to take. For us, uh, it's it's pretty standard that we're going to take a protein that has five ingredients or less. It's also a standard for us that if we're going to take a supplement, that the supplement itself is going to be third-party tested, not some of the ingredients or uh, a handful of the ingredients or these ingredients. We want to know what the actual product is, that scoop that I take out of the bag or bottle, put into my bottle, mix and drink, is exactly what it says it is with the exact ingredients that it says it's in there. Um, and I like, I don't just like, I am pretty much uh, a standard hard on a supplement has to be third party tested in order for me to consume it. I also would just third party testing, maybe, maybe, or maybe not you're familiar with it, but uh, like you said, third party testing means you know what's in the ingredient. So what happens is these companies will send out um, the product and you can actually look and see what batch was tested, what batch you have. Um, it's sent to a third party. So someone that has nothing to do with the company, they have zero interest in whether the product passes or fails. Their only job is to say, yes, it's good. No, it doesn't meet the the standard that you gave us. So there's no vested interest in these companies, which means it's non-biased. So that's what third-party testing is. They send the result back to the company and then you have the actual certificate of, yes, this was third-party tested by this company, this batch, and so forth. So you, again, know for sure. It's not just like a company that the billion-dollar supplement company hired out to say, hey, yeah, this meets our standards. It's a, a non-biased thing. Sorry, I interrupt you. No, that was really good. Uh, be careful with supplement companies because they're really smart at what they do. And I don't want to make this a supplement episode, 
but the wording can look one way, but actually be something else. So you want to know that the actual product itself is third-party tested. And then with our proteins, we also like the idea that the whey came from pasture-raised cows or even better, 100% grass-fed cows. So those are some what to look for. The ingredient list, five ingredients or less. Is it third-party tested? Uh, even better, did it come from grass-fed cows? So those are some really good what to look for. Some red flags that pop up for us may include... Uh, these would be any kind of fillers that you're seeing in a product. So anything with soy um, is going to be a no-go for us. Any sort of corn syrup is going to be no artificial sweeteners. And those can come in a lot of different forms. I've looked at a lot of proteins that have two or three different artificial sweeteners in there. So you have to really look at the list and maybe Google like, hey, what is this actually like? What is it for? You know, is it a stabilizer or is it an artificial sweetener? So um, other things, dyes, absolutely not. We no dyes. Um, and really, if you look for something that's five ingredients or less, chances are you're not going to have any kind of soy or any kind of these other fillers that companies like to put in there. Uh, they are very cheap. And um, the artificial sweeteners obviously make the product taste um, like dessert versus, you know, maybe something healthy. But um, stevia is one that is in some of the proteins that we take. We are fine with stevia. It's just some of these other aspartame, um, ACE-K. I don't know the full, I never, I never pronounced that one right, but um, it's in a lot of different proteins. So they just look and make sure that you know what you're actually taking because a lot of these ingredients are pro-inflammatory ingredients. So you think about taking a supplement day after day after day after day, you know, like it's not like you're eating pizza every day forever. Like we all know pizza is not the best thing for us, but um, these supplements, a lot of us are taking every single day. So we need to know what we're ingesting and what that's going to do to the body in the long term. Because what we don't want to do is think we're doing something good, like Josh said, by hitting our protein intake and taking all of this uh, care to make sure that we're buying grass-fed beef when we're taking in a protein that is, you know, subpar. So it's kind of my thought on on that. You got anything to add there? Yeah, I'm going to stay protein? on that just okay. a sec. And uh, obviously... You know, we're not end all be all, but there are a handful of companies that we have bought products from. And there's only so many that I would actually put my name behind. And, uh, they're going to be in the gym. I'll let Kenzie talk about that real quick. Yeah. So, uh, we carry it. We've carried a product for a long time called Puri. Uh, great product. They, um, it is what pasture raised way pasture raised. We're um, still going to use those guys for the yeah, big three: great. magnesium, they've, fish oils, uh, vitamin D's, collagen. Yeah, I mean, pure means pure origin. Uh, it's all of their stuff is very. You can go back and find uh, certificates on pretty much any ingredient you want to. Every batch that there is uh, for any product that they sell. So, pure is one that we really love. Uh, Transparent Labs is going to be the other company that we bring in. They will actually be stocked on the shelf on Monday, so they are going to give us a few more protein options. Also 100% grass-fed whey, uh, five ingredients or less, a couple more options as far as flavors. Um, but both just very open companies. You can, you know, I, I like to find and we're very picky on 
on what we recommend because, uh, you know, we feel like any member that walks into our gym should be able to trust what's on the shelf. And so we really make sure that we've done a lot of research to make sure that there's no, you know, no junk in there if we're going to choose to purchase a supplement. So uh, Transparent Labs will be the other company that we bring in. Uh, we're excited about them. We've been using their products for a little bit. Um, the taste is really good and I like, I like their flavors too, but, um, so those will be available in the gym, but just, just know what you're buying. If you're, if you're looking at supplements and if you have a question, please feel free to, to talk to us. We've been doing this for a really long time and have, you know, learned the hard way in a lot of things and, uh, experiment with ourselves on a lot of things. So I think the bottom line, you got anything to add there or no? Nope. Close I think out. we can move. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I think this, the bottom line is really protein. It is very, very important. We want to encourage you to prioritize it. Uh, it is very essential for, for building muscle and for your recovery. So if you're hitting the gym hard, uh, really, really think about how much protein you're eating. And like Josh said, um, think about where you're at right now and, and where you need to get, and then kind of take small steps. We talked about small steps last week when we talked about consistency. Uh, you don't have to change everything tomorrow and go from eating 50 grams of protein to 150 grams of protein. Your stomach's probably not going to like you very much if you do that. Um, so just slow, small changes, uh, food quality, look for that. And then um, that's all I got. You that was anything? awesome. You nailed it. All right, cool. Uh, Y'all have an awesome week. If you have questions, please shoot those to us. You can uh, send us a question on direct message on Instagram. You can email us or um, if you're a member of the gym, feel free to chat with us in the gym and uh, we'll chat about it together. All right, guys. Y'all have a great one.